Welcome to episode 36 of EIU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. Thanks for joining us as we jump back into the water and visit this week with former EIU swimmer Scott Ebinger. Scott grew up in Charleston, first swimming at CHS and later as a member of the Eastern Illinois swim team in the 1980s under longtime head coach Ray Padovan. Ebinger recalls how he got into the sport of swimming, some of his memories with the program, and is focused now on helping to create a swim-centered booster club to help support the Panther Swim program for years to come. Like this episode of EIU Panthers podcast and want to hear future episodes or some from our archives, then follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio Podcasts. Simply search EIU Panthers Podcast and start listening today. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of EIU Athletics. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business? Then visit consolidated.com today. In EIU Athletics news, the Panthers have announced the hiring of Marty Simmons as the next EIU men's basketball head coach. We will have Simmons on our program in the upcoming weeks after his formal press conference on April 1st. In other news, the EIU women's volleyball team wrapped up its spring season with Laurel Bailey earning second-team All-OVC honors. The outdoor track and field teams had an excellent showing at the Texas Relays, highlighted by freshman Adam Swanson winning the 800-meter run. EIU football, men's soccer, and women's soccer are in their final weeks, while the Panthers' outdoor sports are getting into the heart of their conference schedule. To keep up to date on all the news, schedules, scores, and more, be sure to visit the official athletics website at eiupanthers.com. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast with former Panther swimmer Scott Ebinger. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're joined now by a Charleston native and former Eastern Illinois swimmer, Scott Ebinger. The, the last name may sound familiar to you, and we'll talk a little bit about how that name may sound familiar. If you went to Eastern Illinois, Scott's dad may have been a professor of yours. He was a longtime professor, but Scott, we're here to mainly talk to you. So thanks for joining us on the program. Well, thank you, Rich, for having me. Now, I, I've known Scott a, a long time um, as well. His very active in the Boy Scouts around here. My son was in that also in swimming. My son swam for a period of time. And so a long time love affair for, for Charleston and, and swimming. I guess for you, Scott, how did you first kind of get interested into swimming? Well, it goes back to the early 70s when, when I uh, started swimming with the Charleston Swim Club, uh, the Penguins. Um, and we had what's called swimming families. Uh, your Tom Hussey family, your Steve Boone family, your Terry Widener family and the Ebinger family. And those main four groups were heavily involved with the swimming program, either donating their time, their services, their expertise, their coaching, or actually stepping up and being president of the swim club as my parents were. And I became very active with the swimming program back in the early 70s. And it kind of spearheaded from there. And since my dad was a professor here at Eastern, I had access to many amenities uh, throughout. And, and, and when it was named Lance Pool, my dad would actually officiate the swim meets along with Terry Widener. And so I would tag along with my dad. Uh, and see the Tom Husseys, uh, who swam for Eastern, uh, former record holder, All-American, Steve Boone, another former Charleston uh, swimmer, 
who went on to swim for for Ray and was an was an All American um, and a record holder as well in, in the hundred breaststroke, uh, which stood for many many years. And I was watching the meets and going, wow, this is a wonderful wonderful program, and I would like to be a part of it. And that's how it really got started back in in, in the mid seventies uh, when I was just a, you know a young tot of ten or eleven years of age. And uh, I fell in love with uh, with Ray because Ray's as good as they come. Uh, and I and I always said I would if there was a coach for whom I would like to swim, it would be Ray Padman. And my dream came true, along with other people that from Charleston that had that same dream, like the Michael Bowers, who swam for Ray. Well, had Ray had already retired, but Michael wanted to swim for Ray because he had so much respect for him. He was actually under the tutelage of of Matt Boss, who was the second coach to be hired uh, in 42 years here at Eastern. <laughs> so that's where the love affair came from, and I've been actively involved with the swimming program, either coaching, um, like the high school swim team, which I'm doing with uh, coach, or coach uh, Brian Bauer, and I am his assistant, and we've been uh, uh, doing that together for the past four years. And um, it keeps me out of trouble, and it gives me an idea, you know, something to uh, to help with student athletes. And I'm an avid supporter of that as well. So, uh, and, and swimming's just great exercise, and it's one of those sports that um, I think it's overlooked a little bit, unless you're in the Olympics, where yep. it becomes a, a yep. big deal. You know, you're Michael Phelps, and you're uh, some of these other Olympians who have. Uh, done wonderful uh, achievements, uh, but you really don't hear so much about the swimming program. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to change that, uh, what small part that I can, uh, to help out Eastern in any way that I possibly can. So, okay. in a nutshell. Now, that's a, that's a big nutshell, too, yeah, but that, that's good, though. I, I'm glad that you can see the passion there and sure. Scott's voice and some of the things we'll talk about here during the program. You'll, you'll, you'll hear that, that passion exuded even more. Swimming, as you talked about it, it's really kind of four basic strokes for the people that, that don't follow it, the free, the butter, the, the breast, and backstroke. the backstroke. In high school, everybody kind of seems to swim a little bit of everything, and then in college, they become a little bit more specialized. Very true. I guess, what was, what was your specialty maybe in college, and okay. did, did you get pushed into that? or No, I did not okay. get pushed into it. I was actually an IMer and a breaststroker, and predominantly a breaststroker. Um, I was a, a better 100 breaststroker than I was a 200 breaststroker, and a, a, a buddy of mine named Matthew Smits um, was one of my greatest competitors, and we would go back and forth uh, in competition, and I nine times out of ten I'd win the 100 breaststroke, and nine times out of ten he'd win the 200 breaststroke, and it was that rivalry that uh, kind of pushed us uh, to, to be better student-athletes, and um, in fact, I remember to this day, Ray Padovan um, actually put Matthew and myself in the same room for conference at, for the, uh, at the University of Illinois Chicago. And uh, he did that on purpose, I mean, because we had such not only friendship, but yep. it was a dual uh, respect for each other, and, and we, we competed off of each other. And he did that for a reason. And I look back on it, I thought, well, that was kind of weird. I thought, no, that actually was pretty smart of Ray to kind of do that. And um, we fed off each other's uh, uh, persona. I mean, we, we actually competed better because we were actually room together and, and were able to 
do a little trash talking at night. You yep. know, we're, we're gonna. You know, I'm not gonna sugarcoat. We we went back and forth on that a couple of times. I I did win the hundred that that yep. meet. He won the two hundred. Uh, and it's usually by you know a second or less. Uh, we were that close in competition. And uh, but breaststroke was predominantly my stroke. Um, I did the two hundred IM and I did the four hundred IM. Not a fan. I'll be honest with you. It's a grueling race. Um, in terms of you know specializing. I think when people get to the college level, the coaches kind of feel each feel the swimmers out and 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 will change some people if need be. And mm-hmm. it, a lot comes down to depth of of a program. Charleston High School last year we had predominantly uh, uh, we had about I think ten swimmers. Now when COVID hit parents became more reserved yep. and they did not want their kids involved with the program uh, because of COVID. And so we had five swimmers. So wow. we actually had to change Zach Stout, one of our freestylers, into a backstroker because we needed that backstroke leg in the medley relay. And so, you know, it's a, it's a coaching decision uh, oftentimes. Uh, and the coaches can, you know, through time trials, can figure out what they're excelling or where they need help. And um, that's the beauty of being a coach. You can you can help these these athletes into another uh, a, a sprinter into let's say a middle distance like a two hundred. Um, that's not usually the case. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a fifty guy or a hundred guy, you usually stay in that range. Yep. Um, it's when you get to that middle distance to five hundred to a th- uh, to thousand, even sixteen fifty, where things can change and you can. B- bring somebody into a distance uh, uh, event. Um, Amanda Boss was perfect. I mean, she I think she had 10 or 11 school records, at, so she could do it all. Yeah. Uh, Amanda was just a phenomenal athlete. And hats off to her and that she's in the Hall of Fame, uh, more than deserving. Uh, unfortunately, she is only one female swimmer yep. that's, that is in the Hall, and that's another thing that I'm going to try to change in the – not that I have any say in it, but I can at least voice my concerns. And Ray has done that as well. There are so many deserving people that that should be in the hall, and they're not. But you know, I get it. It's it's there, and uh, hopefully we can get more exposure. I mean, we have four, mm-hmm. including Ray. We've got Dan Furland, uh, John Mayfield, uh, Amanda Boss, and John Mayfield, uh, and yep. and and Ray Padman as a coach. Um, so we've got five. It's a star. Yeah. What we can. Yeah, I think there's more people that are that are justified to be in that. Yep, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I actually control that, so I, I can I can oh. agree. I can tell you that I agree with that. There, yes, that, well, we'll that, be that, talking later. Yes, then, so, we'll very good. <laughs> so, um, so you when you swam, you would have been here in the early '80s. Mm-hmm. So EIU would have just kind of made the transition from Division Two to Division One, yep. and as you can imagine, went from very very successful Division Two to. At that time, Division One wasn't what it is today, and I think that's where people have a little bit of a misnomer. They look at, you know, at the time, you know, Illinois wasn't light years ahead of Eastern in terms of budget, resources, right. facilities, staffing, where it it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, it, when you came in in the in the infancy of Division One, what was that like as from an experience standpoint? Well, I'll tell you. It, 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 in the 70s, when I was a, a spectator in the stands and watching EIU swimming, uh, they were a dominant force in Division Two. There was no question, hands down, Eastern, they were nationally ranked. I mean, Ray took them, I think, to, uh, I don't know how many uh, swimmers he took to nationals, mm-hmm. but it's been a long time yep. since we've had. I think Bill Sinise, now I, I'm not correct on this, but Bill Sinise might be the last person uh, to qualify for nationals. And back in the 70s, it was 
very common uh, yeah. that these people. And I'm going to go back to the '60s with Bob Thomas, who was, I think, he was the national champion. Mm -hmm. Bob. Oh, excuse me. Bob Thomas is the other person that was. I mentioned John Mayfield twice. Okay. And Bob Thomas is the other uh, in the Hall of Fame, and Bob, I think, is the only national champion that Eastern has in the swimming program. And that was back in the 60s, late 60s. And Bob was a phenomenal athlete. And he was also the head coach for Ball State for I don't know how many years. Yep. He just retired, I think, two years ago. I spoke to a, a person uh, uh, in Champaign who was actually on the swim team with, with Bob, uh, and he's a coach for Central. And uh, he says, yeah, he retired a couple years ago. And I knew that, but he's also one of those guys that um, – did some things in the 70s that nobody else here at Easton has ever done. Um, and now we get into the 80s, and, and, and really things started to change. From a financial standpoint, I think Steve Dempsey, if I'm correct, was the last scholarship full ride at Eastern. Uh, and that was back in, and, and Steve Dempsey, I swam with Steve, I think he graduated in 1985. Mm. Um, so money became more of a, uh, an issue in, in terms of scholarships. And, of course, we can't forget about Title IX either. I yep. mean, because when you start incorporating that, now we've got equal, which it should be, for yep. men and women both. Uh, and so now you're, you're expanding that, that field into a two-team sport and funding two programs as opposed to just the men's program. And I'm not really sure. I think it was in the early 80s when Race took over both yep. programs. Um, and so now he has a double budget, and he's, he's, he's got Title IX that's being introduced. And uh, so there's some – those were in the 80s as well. And, um, and I applaud that, I, I, but it all comes down to money. And, you know, it, how far is it going to go, and how far can you stretch it? And, you know, on a shoestring budget, it, sometimes it's difficult to, to make ends meet, and you start finding creative ways to, to travel yep. and um, – get things paid for. So that's the big thing. Uh, the 70s was a, definitely, a, a, Eastern was a powerhouse. And in the 80s, we really, our program in the 84 to 88, we were competitive, but we really didn't have, um, I, I think it was a 50-50 split in terms of wins and losses. Uh, so it was an average, you know, time in, that, mm -hmm. in the middle of the decade. It wasn't until the 90s uh, and, and 2000s when Ray got, got some really good good swimmers. Your Drew Shepherdsons, your Josh Kirkevals, your Tom Watsons. These are all record holders here at Eastern, and they mm -hmm. actually went on and won the, the Summit League. Um, and I, I was actually at that meet, uh, and I think Matt Boss was actually part of that team as well. Okay. Uh, so they, Ray was able to do something with very little money, and yep. that's the beauty of, of being a coach. Yep. You Instead of asking for more, you, you go and you still coach and you do what you have to do with what money you have. Yep. Uh, you can complain, but what good second? I mean, it only goes so far. Ray was, was able to take that and run with it and, and, and actually still do his job by coaching and, and, and helping these student athletes become as best athletes that, that they can. Uh, and Ray was brilliant at doing that on a shoestring budget. So. Those are the big things. I mean, okay. it, it's, but uh, once again, it comes back to money. Yep. Now, I always ask this, uh, try to have people go down memory road here. Maybe sure. you, you've touched on a little bit. A favorite trip that you guys went on, a favorite maybe meet that you ever had? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and everyone who's, who's listening to this, and, and you just say the three letters, F-L-A, and that becomes the Florida trip. And everyone looked forward to it. Um, we went down every 
Christmas break down to Florida to train and we spent anywhere from 10, I think the max was 13 days. Um, and it was fun in the sun and we would do double training. We'd get up in the morning, we'd train from seven till nine. We'd have the rest of the day until five o'clock as you're, whatever you want to do, lay out, yep. play volleyball uh, and try to stay out of trouble. Um, that was the big thing. And then you go to um, night practice from five to seven and you come home, you eat, you're exhausted, you go to bed and you do it all over again. Um, but it's all the stuff that we did in between. Uh, the, the, the nightlife uh, was you know, a little more lenient back in that time. Uh, things have been very restrictive in terms of what coaches are allowing student athletes to do. Um, and we kind of took advantage of that. Uh, but you were required to make that seven, eight. You, it doesn't matter what how you felt that morning. Yeah. <laughs> you got up and you went to practice. And you walked that mile to the Hall of Fame pool. And you walked back. That was part of... The, the deal. Get you to wake up a little bit. <laughs> Get you going. Uh, but the Florida trips, you talk to any of the people from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and they're going to talk about Florida because it's just such a good time. The weather was usually phenomenal, and it, it was actually good training. Uh, you, you look forward to beating your body down because that's what we were doing. We were we were hitting it hard, uh, mm-hmm. and Ray made sure of it. And Because once we got back from, from, the, from the, uh, the trip uh, in Florida, back in the day, uh, Seven weeks later, we had conference, and yeah. we were at the Summit League. So you, that was a, 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 a vital um, training trip, and if you missed it, um, you really fell behind And because you're down there to train, and we did that, and it paid off. It's what you put into that is what you're going to get out of it, and I preach that to this day. Uh, and if you want to slack them, how, how well are you going to perform? Yep. So. That th- those are the times that that I remember uh, most vividly, and and anyone else who's in that time period are going to say the exact same thing. It was Florida. Okay. Yeah. And then you you mentioned this a little while ago, and then you kind of circle back to it. The the people, the memories that you would have had then. I know one of the things that one of the reasons we wanted to have you on here, in addition to talk about your memories, is you're kind of spearheading a, a little bit of a group. Um, you, you talked about finances. Finances, no matter what you're in, whether it's athletics at the high school level, the college level, you know, the university setting, even the people that you think have all the money don't have enough money. I, I know that you've been very involved in trying to get more involved in helping our new coach, Evan Shaluko, mm-hmm. kind of get get some a little bit of a booster group together so they can do some things like you talked about, being able to do those training right. trips and create those memories and that, yep. that high level of competition. Absolutely. Um, I was approached, I actually talked to, to Evan uh, a little bit about this. Bef- uh, it's been a while. It's been probably six months ago. And um, we kind of put our heads together and said, you know, we we have the opportunity with approximately 700-plus alumni to, to raise a substantial amount of money. And I am willing to take this, this program on to actually start an EIU Swimming Boosters program. And I've had many alumni who have been very, very receptive to this. Um, and my goal... Our goal, uh, I, I should say, is to raise a quarter million dollars over the next five years. So that's $50,000 a year. And that's not really out of reach. I, I'll be honest with you, when you start talking about the National Day of Giving, and in one day, Evan and I and the alumni raise close to $20,000. So it can be done. Yes. Um, it's just a matter of we're in a different time. Uh, we have COVID. Yep. We have people that in terms of job security are either laid off 
or they're not hiring until they know that this COVID situation yep. pandemic is under control. I know multiple people that are in that situation. So it's going to be difficult to for outreach in terms of trying to raise money. I understand that, but you know, persistence pays off. You know, you make those phone calls, you make those emails, and uh, I am going to once I get a link from the foundation through either Evan or, or Mike Murray, I am going to go ahead and and start with this very quickly. Uh, I've already got the alumni list. It's just a matter of typing in the information and making sure that everyone is very clear as to what's going to happen and how the money is going to be spent because that's part of it. Um, it's one thing to raise $50,000, but what do you do with it? Well, I've, I've talked to Evan about this and, and three main areas of concern that have, he has, has broached me with. Number one is, 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 is capital improvements. Well, in terms of capital improvements, what can be done to Ray Padovan Pool? Well, Evan has suggested that we get brand new blocks and each block costs $5,000. And my wife and I have uh, agreed that we are going to donate $5,000 uh, for one of the blocks. Uh, I know Dr. Bruce Webster, who is an avid supporter of EIU swimming, and I can't okay. disclose the amount that he is. It's substantial. Okay. It, it is literally substantial what he has, has donated. He is actually going to purchase a block, and I believe two of the alumni, or excuse me, two of the families of current swimmers now, I don't know their names, um, but I've been told that they are purchasing blocks as well. So that leaves two blocks left over. So in terms of capital improvements, you know, we can buy blocks, we can buy lane lines, we can, um, if, if they need new outfits, if they need new suits, goggles, uh, sweatpants. All these things come into play, and if the budget doesn't allow, well, then the boosters will. So from the capital standpoint, that's where we are on that. The second one, which is really a huge and a firm believer behind this, is scholarships. Um, we are in a position as a Division One school. We are we are competitive, but I want them to really compete with your Ball States, your IUPUIs. You know, Ui Pui, which we call it, um, does not have a football program, but they support their swimming program immensely. And of course, the natatorium over there, yep. which is where the Olympic trials were held back in the day, were very, uh, um, back in the day, uh, th that's where they trained. So they have phenomenal facilities and they also have multiple coaches, yep. not just the head coach, where Matt Boss went after he left Eastern, yep. but he had four, I believe, four assistant coaches under him, and that is phenomenal, yep. where you can dictate and micromanage and say, okay, you know what, uh, Mike, you're going to take uh, you're going to take the distance, and you've got your distance people, and he could say, I'm going to take I'm taking the sprinters, uh, you've got the breaststroker, so he can yep. really utilize th that. So, Scholarships become very, very important, and um, the last one is, is is salaries, and which is basically what I touched on. Um, I'd like to see Evan be in a position where he can hire instead of a J, a full time assistant, and help him out in whatever needs that he needs, and uh, and and it, I, it's very important that he he has an assistant. I mean, every coach in Division One needs that help. Um, even if it's to take over practice while he's going out and recruiting or doing whatever yeah. he or she is, 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 is doing that day. So it's very important that uh, money 
comes into play in terms of salaries and, and capital improvements and scholarships. And if we can get that $50,000 raised each year, and that's the thing, we need to have that commitment for a five-year period. And once the link is up and you can go ahead and start donating, um, we can also set it up in terms of uh, automatic withdrawals from, from your account. And if you think about this, I'm just going to put this in layman's terms. If you, if you donate $25 a month, okay, so that's $300 a year, that's $1,500 over, over a, a five-year period. That's, you know, a, yep. a chunk of change. Yes. That actually could fund a partial scholarship to a male or female athlete here at Eastern. Or, you know, uh, so it's, it's one night a month that you don't have pizza with your family is what it boils down to. You go to Poly Ice Pizza and you, you order a medium house special, it's 22 bucks. Okay? Yes. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's the analogy. So it's, it's basically one night where you take that money instead of going out, maybe go ahead and donate to, uh, to EIU Swimming. Um, and it, it, the other good thing about this is, as I talked to Tom Michaels, our Eastern Athletic Director, um, is that the money that is raised is going into EIU Swimming. It's not going into the Panther Club. It's not going into these other organizations. And I made sure that, you know, we, we I didn't want to step on toes yep. there because there's a fine line and, and everyone's trying to solicit and, and, and get their funding. Um, and I don't want to uh, infringe on the, the Panther Club because I've been an avid supporter of that as well. Um, but this actually goes into the swimming program and it's, it's, it's Evan's discretion as to how he wants to to spend that money, and um, and if he has any questions, he can talk to either Ray or I about that, and, and he's well aware of, uh, of that as well. So that's that's where we are in terms of the boosters, and I'm 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 anxious to get out and really doing some outreach, and hopefully that the alumni respond, and which I hope they do. Um, it's 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 important um, for. The, the program to be s sustainable and continue on long after I'm gone. And maybe somebody else can take take the reins. But right now it's a five-year program, and after that we'll see where it goes from there. Well, we're hoping that that's very successful, Scott. Yep. And we'll kind of wrap it up here um, with you. I guess, as, as we mentioned at the start of it, that your dad was a longtime professor mm -hmm. here. And I'll divulge here. They're actually my na he actually lives across the street from me. So actually yes. my neighbor. And yeah. he, he's yeah. since retired. And um, uh, Terry Weiner, who you mentioned, is yes. also one of our neighbors right. as well. So swimming seemed to be kind of a, a neighborhood thing. It what, was. What do, you, what do you kind of remember, I guess, growing up here with your dad being a professor on, on campus and then you going to Eastern yourself? Did you – are there are – there, Things that people told you about your dad that oh. you never thought about about your dad. That oh, <laughs> the stories can go on and on and on. My dad taught here at Eastern, I think, for 30, uh, 30 some years, 36 years. And, um, and I had multiple swimmers that took the botany program. Bob Young comes to mind, some others that, that actually had him, and my dad was an advisor to, some, to, 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 to many of the swimmers. And he said, "Your dad's nuts." I said, yeah, he, he's he's very creative. Um, um, he, I remember one time. I think it was Dr. Widener was actually walking by my dad's class, and he popped his head and he says, "Evinger, you're loud." And my dad just looked at him. He said, "Yeah, but you're ugly, and I'd rather be loud than ugly." You know, that's just my dad. Um, he would he would wear a different tie every day to class. He always would wear a tie. Um, and he actually told the students, if any of you 
see me wearing a same tie in any given semester, I will give you an A. Well, of course, my dad would take one tie off that day, put it on the used rack, yep. and, so we get, and my mom made all the ties, and they were the god-awfulest ties. I, they, were not, they were not pretty ties. They were ties that you just look at them and go, John, what are you wearing? Uh, and But my dad was... He was, he was a very, uh, and, well, I, I say past tense, but he, he's still living. Uh, he's still doing research. Um, he still has an office here at Eastern. Yep. He still has an office at the U of I. Uh, he's 87 years of age. He's a little harder getting around, but uh, he's, he's one of those scientists that uh, loves his job. He's still doing research, and he's actually still doing, I, I think he's given up the consulting part of it, and he's given up all the boards. Um, Department of Human Natural Resources, all those boards that he was on, he's given up. Um, but he's still writing and doing books and um, and publications, and that's part of being a professor. And even though he's uh, retired and emeritus, yep. he 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 still is holding that title and position because he is still doing research and uh, and, and 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 is a scientist, and that's what he loves, and that's the passion of. It's kind of like his passion is, is plant. My passion is actually fundraising and trying to get. A, a program that's sustainable long after I'm gone. Scott, you made that correlation for me. I was going to say the passion you talked about that he had for that is the passion I can yes. I can hear from you yes. from swimming. Absolutely. So I I do appreciate you being our guest on here. Hopefully the this uh, the booster program gets off and that people hear this and other ways that they're able to find out that they can support the EIU swim program and can t carry on that long tradition of success that the Panthers have had in the pool. Well, thank you, Rich. Uh, thanks for having me on. I, I hope this goes a long way. Uh, it's part of outreach and. Uh, uh, hopefully everyone listens to this and donates. That's, that's the main goal. Thank you so much.